0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day especially today in Jesus name.
1: Uh, we're going to be in uh Psalm chapter 65. This is a uh, this is a psalm of David. It's a song, but it's got it's got a lot of interesting things. I I I actually as I uh, studied it a little bit. Thought that he had David. Uh, David is a character in the in the Old Testament that surprises me probably the most. And the reason he surprises me the most is his understanding of New Testament theology is uh, breathtaking. He he actually understands. In some of his writings, it's clear he understands the plan of God, the future plan of God, which means that the Holy Spirit really revealed a lot to david in his life and that's because david trusted god and and i want to say that the most you say he's king he was king and he killed goliath and he did all these great things but the truth is that the revelation from god only comes to those who trust him because the revelation of god are the most are the most precious things that God gifts that God gives His believers is to allow the believer to see God's plan and God at work in His life, and that is only reserved for those who are willing to trust Him, and who are willing to believe on the things He teaches them and tells them, and then to act upon those things. And David was a man with flaws, a sinful man, but a man redeemed redeemed by God and revealed to him many many deep and actually amazing spiritual truths. And as we read David here, we, we see that he understands those things. He says, praise is awaiting you, O God in Zion. He's talking about in the future, praise in the future, not praise now, but praise in the future. He says, there's not just praises I'm going to give you, but he says, there's praise that's going to come down the road. He says, and to you, vow, uh, vow shall be performed and what he's talking about is, well, he he is, this is a very one of the unit, it's a very unique psalm. He's talking about things that are going to be done in the future because of you. He says, You're going to be praised in the future, and and people are going to or they're going to live up to their vows to you in the future. And then he says, Oh, you who hear uh prayer, meaning, you who hear me when I speak to you. And understanding the intimacy of God was one of the is one of the uniquenesses of David's writing. He clearly has a unique he clearly has a unique intimate relationship with God, and that is prevalent in the things that he says in, in especially in the book of Psalms. He says, "O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Notice he says to you, there's going to come a time in the future." Where all flesh will be before you. We talked about that even yesterday. There's a, there's a time coming where every knee shall bow and tongue confess, where everyone will be before him. And David, the truth is really didn't have any reason to totally understand that, that, that time of reckoning. He didn't, there's not writing from someone else. It, that's revelation that he got from himself, that from uh, God himself. And so when, when he says these things, He's talking about things that are going to happen in the future. It's prophetic. He's talking about things he understands that the course of human events is going to ultimately end in. And he says, iniquity prevails against me. Notice David, he David himself recognizes that he's sinful. I, he, this is not the only place where he does that, but he recognizes that sin is so... Uh, Prevalent and so active in our lives that that it, it affects him even in his high position. That's that's a sign of a great leader. Also, is to understand your uh, your inadequacies, your inabilities. And David does understand that. He understands that sins he, he sins croucheth at the door as a lion. It's right there on him. He says, "Iniquity prevails against me." He didn't say it it wars against me. He says he it says it wins sometimes. He says. As our, as for our transgressions, notice iniquity and that leads, iniquity meaning the innate sinfulness of the human condition, the the iniquity being the part of us that it is just natural to us, the innateness of the sinful condition that we are in. He says iniquity prevails against me and that leads to, that leads to as for our transgressions. That leads to me being trans, a transgressor against what? The law, God's character, his nature. And I I, I I, do things that are against that. And understanding that's very important. I, I was watching a YouTube video of a young man. I, I, I just don't, he, he basically was uh, trying to proffer the notion that children are taught to be evil. They're not born evil. And obviously he was a young man and of, of little understanding, but children come out of the womb they come out of the womb with iniquity and their selfishness and their transgression. If you've ever been around a two year old, one of his favorite, one of his or her favorite words is always going to be mine. Mine, mine, that's selfishness. That's what children do. They are who they are and it's innate to our condition. It's natural to who we are. David understands that. And then he says, you will provide atonement for them. Notice he he understood that God is continually atoning or making sacrifice or paying for our innate trans, our innate wickedness, our innate iniquity and the transgressions that come from, he says, you provide atonement for them. And that's first of all, for a believer, you got to understand that you're continually lit, you're continually warring against the iniquity of your heart and you're going to sin and you're, you, you, your struggle against that sin is glorifying to God. For uh, a person who is deep in, in the struggle and maybe even feels like at times they may not even have a relationship or they're lost, those who are who are just in the depths of despair, you need to understand that God is atoning for you. He is, he's handling this for you. You're, you're, your struggle against whatever you're struggling against. He is atoning for that. He's making provision for you. And what he desires of you is for you to listen to me. All he really desires of you is for you to trust him. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to begin to trust him, to begin to seek him and to begin to listen to him. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. Notice, blessed, he understands, he understands that God is the sovereign choice. He says, Blessed is the man that you choose. God chooses, not man, because if man chooses, man would never choose God, because man is innately wicked. He says, Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. Notice that's a New Testament understanding. That's a deep New Testament idea that God chooses us and then he causes calls us to approach him. Notice, not we seek out God, God seeks us out. Um, Understanding that principle that God's sovereign and that God is the one who brought you to the place where you actually recognize him and see him. Even for you who may even be in the depths of the struggle, realizing that God, the only way you know that there is God and the only way that you know that he has hope for you is that he revealed it to you. He brought that to you. And if he brought that to you, if he revealed that to you, if he brought it out to you, if that's what he did, then he's showing you that he loves you and he's got work going on in your life. That's proof that God is at work in your life and there's hope in that. There's great hope in that. He says that he may dwell in your courts. Notice, He he, he chooses you. He causes you to approach him. And the reason he's causing you to approach him is so that you can actually dwell with him, that you can have a relationship with him, that you can be with him. The the whole reason for this is for you to have a relationship with him. Isn't there great? I can't say it enough. Isn't there great hope in that? There is. There is. And you should reciprocate. You should act upon that and dwell with him. He says, he sh- he says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Wow, yeah. There was a song when I was a youth minister low 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was called Big House. God's got a big house and and he does. He's lots of food it was a goofy song, but, but there's great fellowship. There's great abundance in God's presence. And if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling desperate, God's house is the place of comfort and the place of hope. He says, of your holy temple, by awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. Notice, he, he does awesome things. He says, by awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. See, he doesn't do it out of iniquity. He does it out of righteousness. Oh God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of, of the far off seas. Notice, he says, you're doing this, uh, you do this out of goodness to us, out of righteousness, out of love, out of hope, and you don't just do it for us, but you do it all, notice he says, to the ends of the earth. He's doing it to all the way over here in Alabama, to us. He's doing it for us. And he says, it's, it, David writes this outside of Jerusalem, and we're we're on the other side of the world from him, and he says, that God's goodness reaches to the ends of the earth. It reaches to us too. He says, who establishes the mountain by his strength? And what he's talking about is a, a base of power. He establishes the mountain with his own strength, being clothed with power. You who still, uh, the noise of the sea and the noise of the waves and the tumult of the peoples, notice he's the one who, who calms the raging sea. And, and, and this is a foreshadowing of Jesus calming the sea during the storm, he does that. He says, and the tumult of the people, he calms the raging of the people, and and Lord knows we've got a lot of that going on right now. And he says, they also dwell in the farthest parts are afraid of your son. Notice that that the people who are far off uh, fear him, they fear God. You make the outgoing of the morning and the evening rejoice. Notice you make the morning and the evening rejoice. In between, there's a lot of work and a lot of turmoil. But he says, you make the early morning and the evening a time of rejoicing because they're a time of calming down and recognizing the presence and the power of God. He says, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. He provides the environment we live in of goodness. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so they have prepared it. You provide us water. You provide us liquid and food. Notice he prepares the earth as a place of, of abundance for us. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with uh, showers. You bless its growth. And he doesn't just do that with the environment we live in. But he does that with our set with us too. He he nourishes us with the water of the Holy Spirit and grain with which is a picture of a fellowship offering with the fellowship offering of Jesus. He gives us the good things, the good times of fellowship with him. And if you hadn't experienced that, you really need to just focus your whole heart and mind on that. Even if you're in the midst of. The worst of times, you need to focus your heart and your mind on that. The fellowship that you can have with God because there's great hope in it and there's an answer for your situation in it. He says, you crown the year with your goodness. We need that in 2020, don't we? We need him to crown this year with goodness. Maybe he will. And you and your, we know he will. And your path drip with abundance. Notice where God goes, it drips with abundance. It's just, he's just full of goodness. He says, they drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. He says, the pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. If you just take a moment every once in a while and look around and see the beauty of what God has created and know that the beauty of what God created represents his beauty. And that beauty is for your best. It's for your interest. This is a, was a really, really prophetic but but powerful psalm of the goodness of God. and And if you can't rejoice in the goodness of God because of your circumstances or because of where you've been, you need you need to spend some time with him spend some time focused on your relationship with him and allow him to begin to show you his goodness because you're the one limiting his goodness to you you you're the one who who've wandered away and not listening not allowing him to uh comfort you to to wash you to prepare you to provide for you if if you've not allowed that to happen you need to Slow down and see the goodness of God around you. And if you'll do that, I promise you this, that he will show up. He does show up. He shows up and then he shows out when he gets there. Okay? He's the God of your very best.
0: And he's out there providing As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.